shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Alrighty, folks. Welcome back to another episode, an emergency episode of the Lovecast. I'm here with Jordan. Jordan the Greek, we're going to call you because you called this from a mile away. You called this last year. Um, Steve Nash has officially been fired by the Brooklyn Nets. Jordan had been calling as like last summer, I guess. Right. Yeah. When, when, when after we beat him, I said he had Spring, to bring. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so around there. And um, yeah. So just to recap, it is currently Tuesday at 615 p.m. that we're recording this. So as of right now, um, it is not fully finalized, but it's like. I guess 90% of the way there that Ime Udoka is going to be the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets and the Nets have let go of Steve Nash. So let's get into this. We're going to be talking a lot of NBA today, but obviously we got to lead with this. So Jordan, how do you feel about this? And let's start with from the Nets perspective. How do you think this makes the Nets and you can start with Steve Nash and then start with yeah. how Ime makes them better. So from the Nets perspective, I'll just, I mean, reiterate what I've been saying for a while. They play horrible defense. First of all, and second of all, they run no offense. Yep. You know, under Steve Nash, their offense was give the ball to Katie, give it to Kyrie. There's no motion. There's no screening. There's no ball movement. So that's why I thought he had to go. And I think Ime is going to help a lot. Um, first of all, with the defense and still with the offense as well. Um, so I think the Nets are going to be better. I don't know how much better because I'm still confused and concerned with how Ben Simmons is playing. Yeah. And how he's going to fit in with that team. And if he can, you know, start scoring the ball, maybe we we will see. But from a Celtics perspective, uh, I'm I'm very upset. And I don't know. I, I think this is a mistake by the Celtics. Um. Yeah. I mean, personally, like I'm not I don't it's not that I don't care, but like I've seen how successful the Celtics have been under Missoula and. I think what I was most afraid of without Ime this year was that the Celtics were going to lose their edge, but they haven't lost their edge. If anything, they've, you know, increased it. Like they don't, we talked about this last, last episode, but like the Tatum's not smiling and all, you know, chipper. He's, he looks like he's ready to go. He's locked in. He's playing out of his mind. Um, Ime brought a defensive intensity that Missoula has not been able to bring. And maybe like, Missoula's going to crack in the playoffs. We don't know what he's capable of. And in that sense, that's what I'm scared about is the playoff stuff. But to me, like, I think that this team is so good and so solid and that this whole group has been together long enough that I don't think it's like an extreme loss. It's definitely a loss, but it's not like a huge loss. But for the Nets, the net, this is a perfect hiring for the Nets. Um, my first thought when I saw this was like, how is Ime going to um, deal with Kyrie? And then I remembered that Ime was already on the Nets. That's where the Celtics hired him from. He was the Nets assistant. And Sean Marks, the guy who hired Ime, the Nets like co-GM, um, or sorry, the Nets GM, is a Spurs guy. And Ime, as we know, was a Spurs guy as well. So Sean Marks clearly had... He's the one that hired Ime to Brooklyn in the first place from the Spurs when Sean Marks left the Spurs. And then... Um, like they clearly liked him on that roster, and from what I've heard, KD and Kyrie really enjoyed Ime and really liked playing for him. So, if and if that's the case, like this is a perfect hire because you need a guy who's going to be able to rein in Kyrie and KD and take control of this team and you know bash some heads and be unapologetic. 
And that's exactly what Yume is going to do. So, I mean, it sucks that it went to a competitive, like, I hate the Nets. Like, I just don't like, like, we have a, yeah. we have such a rivalry going. So I fucking hate them. But, and it sucks that they got Yume, but I think the Celtics are going to be okay. But how do you feel about Yeah. No, I think the Celtics are going to be fine. I just think we got nothing. It doesn't look like we're going to get anything we, in return right now. We ha- I think we have to, though, because he's still under a contract for us. So that's the deal isn't finalized yet. Everything I'm seeing is saying the Celtics aren't getting anything in return and we're just letting him go, which yeah. really sucks. Well, and, as of now, the deal's not finalized, so we don't technically know. So like, yeah. maybe tomorrow, like I know Woj was saying 24, 48 hours. So that's like Wednesday or Thursday. We'll probably know the full details. Um, so maybe by then, um, maybe that's what's being the hold that held up right now is Brad's working to get because technically we're owed either cash or a pick. I don't know if you remember the Doc Rivers to LA situation when he went to the Clippers. Um, yeah, we technically traded him to the Clippers. So yeah, I mean, even like putting that aside though, I I think from a basketball standpoint, I'm a little more upset about it than you are. I think yeah. Mizzou was fine and he's doing well. Um, but Ime was like a, a diamond in the rough i felt like like oh he is yes yeah. like a, a potential but, coach of the year guy completely turned around our our defense or not turned it around but made it even better and like you said motivated our guys gave us some edge um and i, I don't know i just think he's he's a top tier coach and i don't think like it's very unlikely that joe Missoula is a top tier coach that's fair and yeah no i agree with that i think also though a part of it is like Ime was very in your face and very like, yeah, call you out on your bullshit. It's hard to call someone out on your bullshit when you also have skeletons in your closet, right? So I fear it when he got back here, like he calls out Tatum on something and maybe not Tatum, but maybe Jalen or Marcus Smart or, or definitely Grant Williams. You call out Grant on his play and he's like, well, coach, at least I'm not going around like, you know, doing like cheating on my wife, something stupid like that. But that really is like before Ime did all this stuff. He was definitely like a role model and someone to look up to, but now he's got some baggage to him. And that is hard to, uh, it's hard to follow a leader that has some stuff like that. So I think like it would have been hard for him to go back to the Celtics organization and be a respected member. It's going to be hard for him to work with other female staff um, in the Celtics organization. And the Celtics do have a lot of females on their staff. It's just going to be hard to like integrate him back. I didn't think he was ever coming back to be honest with you. Like, this is a big and messy yeah. situation, and the weird thing is, we're probably going to know more in the next in the coming days about what actually happened because we're going to hear from Ime. Um, we're going to hear from the Nets because I'm sure they're going to publish their personal findings or whatever. But the thing I wanted to highlight as well is that was the Celtics like they hired a third party lawyer that's not associated with the NBA or the Celtics. They hired a different law firm to do an internal audit and investigation of what was going on, and that and those lawyers found that. Uh, it was plausible to give Ime the the suspension and punishment that the Celtics gave them. So there's something that happened that we don't know about that's uh, messy enough and bad enough for the, him to get the punishment that he got. So it's not like it was yeah. just the Celtics deciding to do this for whatever reason. Um, this was a third party that is not associated with either part with either Ime, the NBA, or the Celtics. It was just a random law firm. So and they did a lot of work to find out all this information. So. We're going to learn more in these upcoming weeks, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Nets media handles this. And their PR people must be exhausted between the Kyrie stuff, the Ben Simmons yeah. stuff, and now Ime. Like, yeah, they got a lot situation. going on. And Joe yeah, Sy, like, 
he's already in trouble with the he's had uh, issues with the Chinese government and Muslims and stuff like that, like speaking on Muslim genocide. So, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point about Ime, um having a, a tough time coming back and being respected in the Celtics organization. I don't know. Oh, Butsy's making a surprise appearance. Oh, that's wow. Crazy. This is this is this nuts. Is... <laughs> oh, we're here. We got Connor Butts joining Butsy. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Whoa, look at that stance. <laughs> Just getting into bed. This All right. Is gonna we were... a, this is going to be a cozy podcast. A cozy cast. Cozy cast. All right. We were, Jordan and I were just talking about the, uh, the fucking email situation. Mm. Mm. Go. So, go ahead. Um, it sucks. I don't like, there's not a ton to say besides the fact that it just absolutely blows. Um, if all of the email stuff on the Celtic side is true that he did sleep with whoever he slept with and it was a pretty high up ranking person's wife, then the suspension does make sense and I understand it, but I am shocked that he's looking for another job right now. Like I'm shocked that he's this ready. Well, no, I guess I'm not because I mean, if you fuck up that bad, it makes sense. You want to get out of that organization and get out of that system. But at the same time, it's like, you go to the fucking nets, like out of all teams, like that just it stings and it sucks a lot. It stings, but he does have hit. Like we talked about this at the start. He has history there. So that it does like, honestly, I don't know how we didn't see this coming because Emei's from the nets. Like that's where we got him from, but it sucks that it went to the nets. That's just such a tough team to get it. And it's going to be like, obviously we all don't like Kyrie. Um, Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, this, this new Kyrie stuff is, is no bueno at all. Yeah, we got to talk about that real quick. So our official stance on it is that we none of us have seen the movie or read the book or whatever. None of us know what he's talking about. So uh, we don't we're uneducated in this. So there's no reason for us to talk about it. It's not like we're not going to be the Twitter people that go on the fucking Twitter and just, you know, have an opinion about something they don't fucking know anything about. Um, obviously, we don't promote anti-Semitism or racism or any of that jazz. And um yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't know. I don't know anything, so I can't. We like we just really can't. We shouldn't even talk about. Yeah, it. We like we can't anything. even we can't even say what his punishment should be because we're not really sure. Yeah, how we're to address so the crime. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I've never seen that movie. I don't know anything about it. I didn't take the time to research it, which maybe is um, something that I, we should all do. But for now, this is a basketball podcast. We're not going to involve the politics of it and the sticky situations that have been going on around the NBA because this is the like third or fourth story this year alone of something being bad. Cause we, as we ended the podcast yesterday, the Josh Primo story, mm. let's talk about that real quick. Um, Josh Primo was a promising young player for the Spurs. In fact, I highlighted him um, when we talked about our most fun NBA teams to watch. I talked about Josh Primo and how he was a big piece for the Spurs team. And then obviously he randomly gets cut. And then he releases a cryptic message about how he's going to go seek treatment for mental health. And then it comes out that he was exposing himself to, it sounds like multiple women, but it could be just one. I'm not sure, but he exposed himself to at least one woman uh, in the locker room. So I'm sure he's done forever. And um, it makes the Spurs situation a little bit interesting because now maybe they dial it back a little bit on those wins because they lost a pretty key piece. And, um, yeah, that's just a shitty situation as well. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I mean, it's not nothing new with people in power abusing their power, but yeah, um, that's pretty tough. Um, I wanted to get into this Mavericks debate. We closed the episode of the couch talking about the Mavericks 
And I know Jordan, we like you said yourself that we could talk about this for hours. So let's let's talk about it a little bit. So Jordan, you were mad and you continue to text afterwards that you think that we're overreacting to the Dallas situation. Can you elaborate on that? I just have to say that this is an unfair topic as Max did not brief me that we would be covering. I this. didn't brief us. I told you that I didn't he brief you come, on anything. He has come into this, I know, with stats. No, I don't have any stats. stats. I don't have any stats. <laughs> to ruin my argument. Uh, my no. Basically, if you didn't listen to the couch, Max and Butsy are saying they're concerned about the Mavs and that Luca can't carry the team and they're going to have a down season uh, compared to what we expected. And all I said was that that's an overreaction and we've played six games and Luca looks great and they're trying to fit in new pieces and I think they're going to be fine. Okay. I My argument is that, um, like, well, in terms of success, like, how, how would you think, how do you think, what's the Ma- what was the Mavs ceiling going into the season? Like, you personally? I think the ceiling was Western Conference Finals. Okay. I just don't think that's going to happen because this team's not built for that. And when it's um one guy doing everything and he's leading your full offense. And then the reason we'll get back, let me, I'm putting Christian Wood's name out there. We'll get, we'll circle back to that. Um, But the Luca's like their whole team, obviously. And he's really, really good, but all the teams have to do now is shut down Luca. And that's your key to uh winning against the Mavs. And then that second unit, when Luca goes off, dude, it's horrific. I don't know how many Mavs games you've been watching, but that thing, that second unit just completely falls apart and cannot score without Luka. Um, Christian Wood, he has, I think it's been like 23, 23, 22, and 11 where his last like four games, uh, like the last points he's, the points he's had the last four games. And he literally just mans the second unit um, and is keeping them going. But he should be starting over JaVale McGee, who is just not a starting caliber center in this league. And that shows you that this team is very, uh, they don't have a ton of depth and that Jalen Brunson loss really hurts them. And that's why I don't think like they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And um, I'm, I'm just worried for them. Like I think Jalen Brunson was huge because he could take the offensive burden off of Luka. And now you have to rely on Christian Wood, but Christian Wood also is manning the second unit. Like who else on the second unit can help? And I don't know. I'm just worried about this team. Like the West got better. Those Pelicans teams, The I'm, I'm worried about the Clippers, but there's other teams out there that are, looking really solid. So that's why I'm afraid. That's why I don't think it's overreaction to be afraid right now. Butsy? Yeah, I guess my big point of the argument, and you covered it a little bit, was the loss of Brunson. Like, not having that second go-to guy in the starting lineup. And maybe Christian would make his way, or would, 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 will make his way into the starting lineup eventually. But right now, I mean, it's Luca, 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 and a bunch of shooters, which honestly is great for Luca, um, because he can put up a, you know, incredible number of assists. But I mean, Javale McGee starting at center is is a problem. I know he's not playing that many minutes, anyways. I think he played like nine the other night, but still, I mean, no second go to score on the floor. Like if you need a bucket, and Luca's getting doubled every time he touches the ball, the fact that they don't really have a number two, that is my problem with the Mavericks. It's not that they're not a good team overall and that they can't be a five seed or four seed in the playoffs and, and have a good run. But it's just that they're missing that second piece that would, I think, in my opinion, would bring them to the Western Conference Finals or even the finals, really. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just a second star. Like, if we don't have Jalen Brown, Celtics are in big, big trouble, right? I, mean, I know they play a lot. I mean, obviously, Tatum and Luka play absurdly differently and the teams are built absurdly differently. But if you look at any team that has made a like a playoff run or a finals run or a title run 
it's they have a 1A and a 1B. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I do think Christian Wood can be the one or the two. Uh, he's not a 1B. I think he can be the two for for them, for his purposes. All they didn't do is average close to 20. I think he can do that. Um, you guys are, like, picking apart their offense, but the offense is not the problem. They score points very easily. They're they're. I just looked. They're the sixth highest scoring offense in the league through six games. I don't think offense is the problem. They've lost to two good teams in the Pelicans and the Suns. Um, and then they had a bad loss to the Thunder. So then they gave up 117 to the Thunder. Well, the so, reason, sorry, the reason we're picking apart the offense is because when you don't play defense, the way you win is by outscoring the other team, like do it going to shootouts. And they can't do that. So that's they can't they're never going to, they're never going to be a team that's going to be good on defense. I don't think. Yeah. So you I have mean, to have like this crazy, crazy offense. And although they're like top six, like you're saying, you need like a top three offense to actually like win a shootout like that. But continue. I, I I think again, you guys are just overreacting. They beat the Grizzlies by like forty. They they threw up one thirty seven on the Grizzlies. They can score with the best of any team. And I know you guys don't like the Luca centric offense, but Luca is that good that yeah he can be your offense and you can win games with him as your offense. It's not pretty, and it's not the quote unquote right way to play basketball. But it, it got him to the conference finals last year. Um, and the other thing I want to bring up, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a really good player. And he's he's coming off an injury. He's not playing great right now. I think he's going to be a key piece for them uh, as they get deeper in the season and as he gets more acclimated. And I also think Dinwiddie is going to have to turn it around a little bit. If, if Dinwiddie or Hardaway can't get going, then I will start to see your point. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's like the, the season's over for the Mavs or, or they can't go make a playoff run. Yeah, I, mean, I don't – I'm not overreact Like, I'm overreacting right now, but I'm not saying that they won't be in the playoffs or make a playoff run. I think I, I think there's hope. Like, there is definitely – like you just pointed out, Dinwiddie and Hardaway. I think Dinwiddie needs to have a very good season this year because, honestly, I mean, when he came to the Mavs, what was – I mean, he, what did he average Washington? Like, 20 a game? 20, 25? 20 a game? Was he ever a 25 a game guy or no? I, think I, was, I don't think he was ever quite there, but I mean, he was averaging 20 a game and, you know, he came in and then just sat on the bench and would come in and not play great. So, excuse me. I just want to see more out of those two guys. Um, but I'm not saying that the season's over for them at all. I don't, I don't think they're hitting panic button mode yet. Um, but give it a couple, give it a month or two and see where they're at. I think we just have to reevaluate this team in a month or two. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm a little nervous, but I'm definitely, I, I don't know. I'm like leaning, my fingers hovering over the little button, but I'm not, I'm not hitting it quite yet. Um, a, a team whose button I'm all over right now is, um, the Heat. The Heat are two mm. and five, and they do not look very good at all. And a big part of that is Kyle Lowry. Do you guys think Kyle Lowry is washed for good, or do you think, dude, that- he is so bad? Yeah, been washed. He's been washed. I mean, like everyone watched the Celtics Heat playoff series. He did nothing. Yeah. He didn't even play defense. I completely agree. And I think like he is obese and I hate watching him play basketball too. Like the way he just, he just searches for fouls. The flops on that guy are absolutely ridiculous. And I think, um, you know, he's lost his step. So he's lost his speed. He's lost his like 
not that he had a ton of jumping ability, but like to be able to get separation and actually score on defenders, he's really lost that. And I think Bam is also just not really playing up to uh, his speed. Like Bam's supposed to be this guy, like he's still campaigning for uh, defensive player of the year. He's still complaining about how he didn't get that. But right now, like he just isn't the, a defensive player of the year caliber player. Like he's very good. And he, um, you know, like affects a lot of shots, but he also just like he, when you take him out to the perimeter and you get him on a switch, you can really expose him. Um, and that's something I want to see Bam like fix up on, but I think the heat need to make a move and something I've been hearing. That's kind of interesting to me is a little Westbrook to the heat situation for like, I know we talked about, I think it would have to be like what Duncan Robinson or something. I think Westbrook would actually be really nice on the heat. Do you agree with that, Jordan? Um, I don't, I don't think Westbrook is going to help any team like substantially win. I think maybe he could put numbers on heat, but yeah, like it could be a good fit. I just don't like when it comes down to playoff time and winning time, I would not want Westbrook as my starting point guard. <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's I, Butsy, do you, do you think that he could, uh, if Westbrook to the heat, you think that's anything? No, Westbrook can't help any team. He's a lost cause. Um, he's not going to be a six man on that team either. He'd be a starter. Um, at least on the Lakers right now, he can be a six man and kind of man the second unit. But no, I mean, the Heat, Heat are in a little bit of trouble, to be honest, in my opinion. And I think it's like, I don't know if it's complete panic button time yet because they always find a way to figure it out. But you got to be looking at this team saying like, all right, you have a fucking really, really obvious weakness uh, in, in Kyle Lowry, right? Your floor general, your point guard, your leader is not playing good at all. Jimmy... Uh, has been playing all right. I hear playing okay. Um, and honestly, the disappearance of Bam Adebayo in the playoffs and carrying over to this year is shocking to me. He is such a good basketball player, and I don't know why he just he just disappears. It's not like he doesn't do. It's not like he does uh, a number of bad things. He just doesn't do things. Uh, so I I want to see more of Bam because I honestly like Bam too. I like the way he plays when he's aggressive. He's very good, but. You got to take care of this Kyle Lowry situation if you want to go forward as this Heat organization. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of like a it, – it seems like this is going to be a slow, steady, like, decline for the Heat. Like, I, I think they're still going to have a good year, <clears throat> but I don't see them getting back to how far they did last year. And I think they just – first of all, they don't have enough firepower, which we've said about them since Jimmy's gotten there. They don't have enough stars. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – I'm not full panic uh full panic button because Spolstra I think is one of the best coaches in the league. I think he's still Jimmy and I think they will figure it out and they'll be able to string together uh you know some big win streaks and, and finish as with a respectable record, but I don't think they're gonna be able to contend. Um another team that we can talk about like with a panic button situation is the 76ers. They're currently five hundred four and four, but Joel Embiid's been uh like after one of their games last week, he refused to talk to or declined to speak to uh, the press and he's been kind of pouty. And it seems to me like they've been kind of going with that uh, James Harden centric uh, basketball style where uh, Joel Embiid kind of sits in the corner and lets James Harden cook. Do you think that we've talked about this before? Um, if that the 76ers underachieve, like Joel could be unhappy and ask for a move. Do you think it's time to press the panic button for the, 
for the 76ers or do you think like they're going to get out of this funk and figure it out? Let's see. Yeah. I, they started what one and four, I think, and yeah. they've pieced together three straight wins. Um, I don't think you're in any kind of panic mode. If you're the Sixers right now, uh, I do believe that you have some issues, mainly the fact that Embiid is unhappy and doc still sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm a, if I'm a Sixers fan, I want to see the demise of doc as quick as possible. I would, depending on how this first half of the season goes, if it goes like 500 or even slightly above or below, I could see doc being gone by the all-star break. Um, but I know doc is a massive James Harden fan. And honestly, when Harden looks as good, you kind of have to let him go. But I've said this about Harden for fucking years. He can never be on a championship winning team because of the way he plays basketball, like the Harden centric offense on a team with Embiid, Tobias Harris, who I despise, but he is okay sometimes. I was just going to uh, get him, yeah. Tyrese Maxey, like, you have so much talent on this team, and a Harden-centric offense it just isn't great for winning championships. And I think this team is, like, expecting to win a championship or they're in a championship mindset. So going forward, I I, I want to see Embiid get involved a little more. But honestly, if you, like, look back at these at the Sixers last year, they were almost Embiid-centric, too. So Doc's offenses are kind of just, I mean, not the 08 Celtics, shout out the 08 Celtics, but like these Sixers offenses have just been revolving around one guy and Embiid getting to line a million times last year. And now it's Harden ISOing, but you know, we'll see. It's definitely something to keep an eye on because I think it's kind of volatile. It can go either way. I, I absolutely, unfortunately too, because he is a vol, but Tobias Harris needs to be moved. He is so, his contract is one of the worst in the league. I've hated you know, him for so many years. Yeah, his stats, 13.1 points per game, 2.4 assists, and just a hair under six rebounds per game. This is a guy getting a max contract. Um, They need to move him in his spot because he can't defend anymore. He does not hold up defensively, and he doesn't make shots. So if he can't do any of that, he was signed to be somewhat of like a 3 and D type of player. If he can't do any of that shit, then I don't know why they have him on this team anymore other than the fact that they're stuck with him. Um. I would like to see Philly move on with Tobias Harris and get someone else. And then um, Maxie's obviously a star, like a star in the making. And the big three of Joel Embiid, uh, James Harden, and Maxie's like really, really good. The problem is they don't defend. PJ Tucker as well uh, is starting to show his age. He's just not defending at like at the rate that we're used to. And I, I don't know. They're going to need to add like a assault. Like Jeremy Grant would be perfect for them. Obviously, I don't think Brooke, um Portland's going to give him up, but that would be like a perfect player for the Sixers. Um, Jordan, do you see a fix to the Sixers situation? Although like they're, they're doing all right right now, but. Yeah. I mean, they, they turn it around a little bit. Like Butsy said, they had a tough start to the season. They had a tough schedule. They started Celts bucks and then they had a bad loss to the Spurs. Yeah. Um, I think Harden and Embiid sometime together. Harden hasn't, um, you know, what last year Harden wasn't healthy. So th- this new version of Harden, or technically the old version of Harden, the healthy version, has never really been on the court with Embiid for an extended period of time. They need to kind of figure out um, their pecking order, their offense, and how how they can both get going. Because when they both have good games, they win. But we've seen in their losses, I just checked, when one of them scores well and the other doesn't, it's tough for that team to win. So I think uh, – I'm not I'm not panic mode at all on them. I think they will figure it out and I think they can still contend for for a championship. 
So do you trust Doc to figure it out? I don't think Doc needs to figure it out. I think that's a Harden and Embiid thing. And I, I think they're two really good players that they're, they're so good that they can come together and like come to some sort of way that they can both get going um, without stepping on each other's toes. I do think the Tobias thing is completely true. Uh, he's a horrible fit. Um, they don't need his talents at all. Like he's supposed to be a scorer, but you already have two of the best scorers in the league. And then Maxi, who is like you said, a star in the making and a clear third scorer that any team would love to have Maxi as their third scorer. So because of that, you don't need Tobias at all. I don't know how they get rid of him or if they can, but yeah, I, I don't like Tobias and I don't like doc either. I just think uh, the, the, like the team's too talented to not succeed. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think um, if they don't get past 500 and they're not looking good, obviously Doc's the first to go because you're trying to work and make sure that uh, Embiid's happy. I think that they're going to be an interesting tra- uh, trade deadline candidate team because they're obviously going to be looking to get rid of Tobias Harris, his contract, and upgrade his spot as well and maybe like solidify their, um, uh, their front court defensively. Uh, yeah, Butts? One guy I want to talk about who's gotten absolutely buried this year on the bench has been Matisse Thibault. Yeah. Um, I've honestly, I was shocked to hear that he hasn't been, or to see that he hasn't been playing, honestly. Uh, I like his game a lot, and I think it would actually fit well on the floor with him beating Harden. Um, I don't think he's a problem at all, like when it comes to like making mistakes or getting in their way. Honestly, he just plays really fucking good defense. And shoot. does what and can, he can't shoot, which is an issue. But he does what he needs to do on offense, besides, um, besides shooting, pretty much. But like he, his offensive game has never been a, a burden. I guess a slight burden, but I mean, defensively, this team could really use him. Uh, and I think Doc could use him in a, in a way that would really help this team. Um, because honestly, right now, like Jordan kind of hinted at this, they don't really seem like they're coming together as a team. You know, they just kind of seem like a bunch of individual talents right now. So maybe Embiid and Harden figured out, but like guys like Thibuel, um and Maxi can kind of be some glue guys that can really like help create like, I guess, more of a solidarity in a team rather than just a bunch of talent because you obviously need those guys um, to come off the bench and, you know, do their job and, and fill in some roles and, you know, pick up some scoring some nights and play defense like Korkmaz too, another guy that's been getting buried on the bench. And, and they're they're good players. You know, they were playing – uh, a ton last year, so it just it's, it's just interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, we we have to talk about the Bucks real quick. Six and zero so far. Um, Giannis is doing Giannis things. They're completely insane. Do you guys are they your favorite picks to uh to go to the finals and to win it? Because that that's my that was my pick. Is I think that the Bucks are going to win the finals this year. Um, yeah, you guys think that's they, possible? Yeah, yeah, they were always my favorite. I think I've said it before. If they had Middleton last year, I think they would have won it last year. Giannis is, I think, head and shoulders the best player in the world at this point. I don't think there's a close second. Um, and I know that's crazy to say because there's so many good players. But in the fit with Giannis and Middleton, people hate on Middleton, but Middleton is exactly what Giannis needs. And Drew Holiday is obviously uh, a really good fit as well. So uh, I, I'm not really a big Coach Bud fan, but it's whatever like they he's a champion so i i think yeah the bucks are still my favorite no reason for them not to be yeah they're just, yeah uh, they're dominant 
They're six and zero, and Middleton hasn't even come back yet. So this is it's insane. Giannis is averaging thirty three point eight, and then the next player, like the next highest average points per game, is uh, Drew Holiday with nineteen point two, and then Brooke Lopez with fifteen point three, Bobby Portis with thirteen point three, and Grayson with nine. So, like, barring injury for Giannis, this team is relatively deep, but. I think there are some flaws here. However, I don't know, dude. When you have Giannis, he's such a dynamic player that all eyes are on him, and I just don't see anyone who's going to be able to stop him. So barring injury to Giannis, like, to me, the Bucks are the best team in the NBA, and they're quietly like a 6-0 and just dominating every team. Butsy, do you yeah. think they're winning the finals this year? Yeah, like Jordan said, no reason to think that they're not right now. Um, yeah. I honestly believe that Drew Holiday – is the second most valuable player on that team, even when Middleton's healthy. Mm-hmm. The shit he does on defense to annoy ball handlers and get in passing lanes and make steals and just make big-time buckets, he's just a gamer. Uh, he he did it so many times against the Celtics where uh, he would just pester the shit out of Marcus Smart, bringing the ball up, get pokes, get steals, just cause havoc. Um, and by the time Marcus Smart would give up the floor, there'd be like 14 seconds left in the shot clock. So I think he's arguably the most valuable player, the second most valuable player on this team. Um, obviously Middleton with his scoring, but I just think Drew Holiday contributes to this team in so many ways that uh, I would fucking die to have him on the Celtics. And I think any franchise should. Yeah, I would. Oh, man, he would be just a perfect. But we do have Malcolm Brogdon, so nice little. It's like Drew Holiday light, sort of. But yeah, no. Yeah, we said that same. we said the same thing about Smart last year. Drew Holiday-esque. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I would... I would take Drew Holiday over both those guys. I mean, I guess no, I would take him over Smart. He's just yeah. Come so on, better. come on. You're taking it's Drew. Just, over it's Smart. just because Smart is like it's like the personality and the off court stuff. Other than that, yeah. But I feel like Drew could be that guy too. I know he's a little quieter, but I think he's a big time glue guy for this Bucks team. Yeah, I agree. Um, real quick, we have like a minute and a half left in the Zoom. Um, there. Do you know who Jock Landell is? Because he is the um third or no, sorry, fifth. He's averaging the fifth most points on the the Suns team that is going five and one. He's from the College of Saint Mary's, and he is averaging seventeen and a half minutes per game. So just to go through their their uh, points per game, it's Booker's leading twenty nine point three, followed by eight and eight and fifteen point four. Uh, Mikhail Bridges fifteen point three, Cam Johnson twelve point five, Jock Landell ten point five, and Chris Ball nine point three. Do either of you guys see? No, you don't see the Suns going anywhere this year, Butsy? I think the Suns are just – I know we have less than a minute left, so I'm going to just get this in fast. But I just think the Suns are going to be the Suns. Uh, I think they're going to find a way to collapse, especially with Chris Paul at the helm. That guy hasn't won shit and should have won shit so many fucking times. So I don't think the Suns – while they're great, they're going to be a phenomenal regular season team, they will fold in the postseason. Jordan? Yeah, I I mainly agree. I think they can go as far as the championship like they did, but I, I just don't see them winning it. Yeah. All right. I agree with that. Uh, quick episode today. We just had an emergency pod to react to that email news. And we will be back next week. Thank you all for listening. And we will talk We got to cut it off. Nobody kidding. Fuck on my line. I'm going to keep it up with y'all. But shorty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy. I want to try. She looking too good. Can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She want to show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this little mulatto, yeah. you could be a model.